It is Monday, June 26, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. We start off with a tip of the cap to Katie and Jimmy O'Brien as they expanded their family officially. Young Claire has joined her older brother, James, in this world. Congratulations to you both, especially Katie, who did all the heavy lifting here. All the work. I was texting James today about it, talking to him. I'm talking about John Boy, not Baby James. Eventually, right. Baby James and I will be texting when we fire Jake. Uh, but I told him, man, girls are the best. I know you don't have any girls. Mm. It's okay. Mm. Uh, but like every day I wake up, my sweet little Isla runs to me and gives me the biggest daddy hug. I love it. So yeah. shout out James and Katie. You guys are the best. That's Good awesome. parents they are. Yeah, it's great. We're all very excited here at John Boy Media. If we do give a tip of the cap baseball-wise, it's the Jordan Lyles, who finally got that much-needed win for the Kansas City Royals. He had been 0-11 prior to this weekend. He got the dub. It was their first dub when he's been on the mound. He, they had been 0-15 when he had taken the bump. So good for him. Good for the Kansas City Royals, who split a series against the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. But let's start this off with another American League East team. That would be... The New York Yankees, who got a nice series win at home against the Texas Rangers, a first-place club out there in the American League West. But the big news was something we found out on Saturday, which is the reigning MVP Aaron Judge ain't coming back anytime soon. He's got a torn ligament in his toe. You know, it happened earlier this month out of Dodger Stadium. He isn't back doing baseball activity. He still has massive amounts of pain here. So... New York is currently the second wild card team there in the American League. How worried should Yankees fans be about their hold on a playoff spot without the big man coming by anytime soon? I mean, most of the time people are going to call me a Yankee hater no matter what I say, but I think they're going to agree with me here. They should be very worried. I mean, Dan gave us the stats, I believe, last episode about what you know the team does when judges in the lineup and what they don't do when he isn't in the lineup. They don't win a lot. And right now I'm looking at their Fangraphs page. I mean, they're 29th in OBP, 23rd in OPS. That's with his stats included in there. Take Judge's stats down a peg, make him a slightly above average player. What's that going to look like? So offensively, they they need something to get going. They need they need Stanton to get going. They need LeMahieu to get going. They need Donaldson to get going. He had a big sit-down meeting with Boone this morning. I don't know what's going to happen there. But, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, I think anyone that's a Yankees fan is very worried about the state of the team right now. There's a lot of good teams in the AL. They're barely holding on to a spot. Now, yeah, you're going to get Rodon back. That's going to help a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but without judging that lineup, they haven't been able to sustain winning streaks, win a lot of series. You know, they, they, they're not scoring a lot of games. I believe since he's been out, they're averaging like three runs per game right around that mark, and it's one of the lowest in baseball. So, they should be worried. I'm, I'm hoping he comes back. I like when the Yankees are good. Number one, it helps our company out a lot. Number two, like I, I just I like when I like when everyone's healthy. I don't like when stars are hurt. That's the best form of baseball is when everyone's playing well and everyone's healthy. And right now, the Yankees can't say that. Yeah, uh, the Athletic put out some stats heading into Sunday's game for the month of June. The Yankees ranked last in runs scored, batting average, on base percentage, OPS, and weighted runs created plus. You got to do that another month, month plus, maybe more. I mean, Boone wouldn't even say what's necessarily coming back. He's like, I don't deal in absolutes. So I, I get that part of it just because he probably wanted to cover himself in that area. But I will be listening to the next time that he joins Jimmy and Jake or just Jake. if Jimmy's going to take a while off with the new baby. Hi, Claire. Um, 
So th- this could be troublesome. I think what it does is it changes the way Yankees have to win. The Yankees have to win games, right? Rodon comes back, assuming he's close to what he has been the last two years. Then they're going to win games three to two. And that's just, we're not used to seeing that with the Yankees, even as good as their pitching staff has been, particularly the bullpen in recent years. It's a hard way to go, but I think that's that's the way they got to go, right? Yeah, like that's difficult to do that. That's a lot of pressure to put on your pitching staff. Like, hey guys, you got to hold these teams to four runs a game, even five runs a game. Like that's not sustainable. So look, you have to have other guys step up in the lineup, you know, plain and simple. And every person in that clubhouse understands that, look, Judge isn't here. He's our captain. He's the guy that produces a lot of our runs. But when people get hurt, that's the name of the game. You got to step up and someone has to do it. In that club. And they have the guys. They really do have the guys. And it's kind of like shocking to me some of those numbers uh, about their offense. Because if you just look at the roster, you're like, dude, these guys can do it. Uh, but they just they haven't got the job done this year. Certainly will be interesting. No question about that. I think we can all agree on this. Whether you like or don't like the Yankees, and there's a lot of people that don't like the Yankees, we all like Aaron Judge. Like, he's great for the sport, and the fact that he's not out there, I would say the same thing for a bunch of other guys. We just, you need him back, and these toe injuries are no joke, man. They are no joke. Seems like it's a little thing, even a big toe. It sucks. Uh, You know what was great this weekend? the series between the Reds and the Braves. We previewed it on Friday's show. We talked about how excited we were and what maybe the Reds could learn about them. We knew the Braves were damn good. They end up winning the series. But the point was three one-run games, all thrillers. It started off in style with an 11-10 Reds victory on Friday night in which Ellie De La Cruz hit the Reds' first cycle since Eric Davis in 1989. Braves took the next two games. But after Friday's game, Joey Votto, the dude in that Reds clubhouse, had this to say about their phenom, Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, has there been, and this is extreme, but has there been a better switch hitting, speed power guy? Uh, has The only comp I can think of is Mickey Mantle, you know, young Mickey Mantle. And that's unfair to put on Ellie, maybe the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time. He's, Ellie's got plenty of time to entertain the fans, but he hit a ball off the wall today uh, as hard as I've seen anybody hit a ball. And then he's trying to score on a pick, and he almost did. You had to get a perfect throw from a gold glove caliber first baseman. All right, so are we jumping on the hype train a little too soon here? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think Joey's saying, like, look, he's had the career of Mickey Mantle already. He's just no, saying. he did not like, say he, that. Yeah, if you just watch the guy play, like the the fact that he can run the way he runs, the way that he looks, the way he looks. What is he? Six five, two hundred, but he moves like like he's not that big. And right now the statistics are eye popping. Four twenty three OBP. He's one dotting it through his first sixty four bats. He passes the eye test. We saw him so much on social media in the minor leagues hitting the ball 118 miles an hour seemingly every single day. And now we're seeing it at the big league level. It's uh, I was trying to think of like another switch hitting power speed guy. And, and like, really there, there just hasn't been anyone that looks like this guy at all. It, it is. And you know what those interviews that Joey's been given uh, we, we, anyone that's followed baseball, you also have to kind of like love Joey Votto too. He just, he's so sincere and puts a lot of thought into what he says. And, 
he, he the way he talks about this team as if he's not on it is kind of funny to me. It's like, Joey, you're like a Hall of Famer, dude. Like you're also part of the reason this team is really good. Uh, you know, your leadership, your mentorship, you know, goes a lot farther than he probably thinks. Uh, but listening to him talk about this team, and he said, this is the best brand of baseball I've ever seen. Uh, if I was a fan, this is a team I would show up for. He said, I'm not selling anything. My contract's guaranteed. I don't need Funny. to sell anything. It's just been awesome. Everything surrounding Cincinnati has been great. The fans have showed up. The team has played well. Joey Votto's back, like, hitting the ball. It's um, It's been a lot of fun. A lot of people missed on them uh, preseason, but I don't think anyone should fault us for that because – just look at how many prospects have had to come up and 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 play amazing. You just don't see that that often. So I don't have a problem dismissing this team uh, prior to the season. I you can't dismiss them now, even with their starting pitching woes and the need for that. You just can't dismiss this team. They like you said, this series against Atlanta was something we wanted to focus on, and they could have easily won all three games in this series. I mean, the, the way they fought back, it was. Some of the games weren't as close as the one run dictated, but like they got into positions to win these mm. games, and it, it's just fun, man. I, I love it. And Elliot Cruz is, I don't, I don't think he even cares being mentioned uh, alongside Mickey Mantle. Like he's, he's about that life, man. Yeah, I mean, he calls himself the fastest player around, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's pretty confident. He is, and I think that eventually, if that continues on, so it'll rub some people the wrong way in this sport, right? There's some old heads. No question, they if don't you like it. Put these numbers up. You can say whatever you want, right? I know, but we know that these numbers aren't going to continue. I mean, no. he's going to and and jo- if you listen to the full interview from Friday night, Joey Votto men- mentioned that he goes, "Listen, there's going to be times where he's going to stink, and there's going to be times where we stink." He goes, "But I still believe exactly what I'm saying here that he is as amazing a talent as I've ever seen." I mean, you you talk about switch hitters that are. You know, Chipper Jones was a legendary switch hitter. He couldn't run the way that Ellie De La Cruz could, but he was versatile, right? He was drafted sure. as a shortstop, played third base, played outfield. Uh, Eddie Murray was an amazing switch hitter, really good glove as a first baseman, but he was a big guy. Now, he could run for a guy his size, might have had a 20-steal season, but he wasn't He wasn't doing what Ellie De La Cruz did. So, yes, is it early? Absolutely it's early, but I kind of dig it. I really love it. I love the excitement that he brings. People are going to hate me for saying this, but like, I don't think Mickey Mantle could do what Ellie De La Cruz could do. I'm just saying. Well, okay, so that's hard because there's such a small percentage of baseball fans that never saw Mickey Mantle play. I'm raising my hand. I'm me raising too. my hand. I've never seen him. Me too. I mean, I didn't say I know I'm old, but I'm just not that old. So I never saw him. It's one of the many days I wish my father was still here so I could ask him about Mickey Mantle, right? Um, People, don't get mad at me for that take. I'm just – well, we're in a trust tree, aren't we? I mean, look at what this are. guy does. I mean – right. The, the hard part is this, is respecting guys like Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle or Joe DiMaggio, all those you – know, or Willie Mays, for instance, all these legendary players who built the game up into what it is today – while still understanding that the athleticism back then as opposed to what it is now is incomparable. It's just not. It's not the same, right? I mean, guys used to use spring training to get in shape. That's laughable now. So I'm going to get a call from Mad Dog Russo, aren't I? Just Oh, no, no, you will. You will because <laughs> what he'll do is I'm sure Mad Dog t- on today's show will go, <laughs> hey, hey, Joey Votto, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
You don't know it. Don't tell me about Mickey Mantle. I saw Mickey Mantle. You did not see Mickey Mantle. Hey, did you know they called me to come on his show? Yeah, you told me that. And I said, no. You told me that. I, I got to be honest with you. I I love Doggy. I loved talking with him when I You told me that. That's fine. We, look, we got, another, we got the tussle online. Fine. That's fine. Hey, today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you have no idea what SeatGeek is, listen up. They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. More than 28 million downloads has made SeatGeek the number one rated ticketing app. Did you know that there are more than 70,000 events every single day available on SeatGeek? So that includes sports, concerts, festivals, oh, so much more. They always want to make sure you're getting the best deal as well. So what you do is you download it on your phone. And you'll notice these green dots. And you're like, what are those green dots? That means SeatGeek is looking out for you, right? They want to put you in the best deal possible. Not every ticket that is available at a super high price is the best deal possible. So what they're doing is they're going to identify it with a green dot. If there's a red dot, it means stay away. Red means stop. Don't do it. And every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek's the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. For future date and guess what we got the hookup use the code today for 20 bucks off your first purchase at seat geek that is 20 dollars off your first purchase with the promo code today click on the link in the description and download the app i know my oldest son josh just used that code word got 20 bucks off when he went to go see the guardians and the padres recently in san diego so follow josh rose's advice do it now uh, Dodgers end up taking a series from Houston, rematch of the 2017 World Series. Let's talk about Saturday's game. So um, Dodgers came back with two in the seventh, three in the eighth, highlighted by a go-ahead balk by Ryan Stanek, who looked at the film afterward and was like, I didn't deceive the runner. I didn't deceive the runner. So he went nuts when it happened. He's like, look at around. You're really not able to argue a balk. They'll toss you. But he's like, what did I do? What did I do? The Houston bench is saying, what did he do? What did he do? And then after he got the third out, he went freaking crazy. Crazy. Are you in Stanek's corner on this one? All right, people. This is another one that people are going to just get mad no matter what you say. Whatever side you're on, people get mad. He balked. There's no doubt about it. Okay? Like, he... Move that back right leg, and then he tried to like hide it. You know, like when you like trip, but then you try to hide it by like, oh, I meant to do that type of thing. He stepped off because he moved that back right leg and tried to hide it. The umpire saw it and called it. Now, do I think like that should be a balk? Like, probably not. Like, that's not the point of the rule necessarily. It's not the spirit of the rule, right? Not the spirit of the rule, but like I've seen that call made a bunch. Like, so, like, he knew he balked. That's why he stepped off and he just got caught. Uh, so, I'm, like, I'm on both sides here. I'll be pissed if I was standing, too. But, like, it happened. And so, I don't know, man. I, I It sucks that it, like, was at that time with runners on third base. And it, it obviously affected the game tremendously. But he balked. And it, it got called. So I just, I don't like that he got called for the block, but he did block. If you know what I'm saying, like, I think both yes. things can be true. So the balk rule is really difficult to explain. Even the name yeah. of it is stupid. I mean, it's just, all of it is dumb. 
the, the whole idea is to not deceive a base runner, right? And that's what Stanek said in his postgame argument. He was like, I wasn't doing anything. You could not say what I did today deceived the base runner in any 100%. way. 100%. And that's why that's where I live. I'd be pissed off if I were Stanek and the Astros fans. I, I that's the way I see it. I thought they got shortchanged on this. It's not to say that necessarily they don't lose the game because even if he gets out of that frame at seven seven, you don't know they might lose walk off variety. I don't know, but th- it sucks that as fun a game as that was to watch that that's the way it was decided. Yes. I just think we have to have better feels sometimes because nobody would have watched that pitch go and said, holy shit, he balked. That cost the Dodgers a run. Nobody would have said it. Not even the most ardent Dodger fan would have said, holy shit, that was a balk. We would have gone on to the next pitch and just moved away, moved on with our daily lives. You're saying if they didn't call it and he just yes. stepped off like that, I, I agree 100%. I mean, some astute baseball fans would say, whoa, wow. you see him move? No they way. would have. I saw it. It's it was pretty evident what he did, but again, like, do I think that should be called a Bach? Like, probably not. But is it a Bach? Have I seen it called before? Yeah. Well, there's a ton of guys these days who are pitchers who are are shaking a lot when they're coming set, right? Mike Clevenger's probably the worst one these days, um, and I know that you have to continuously do that in yes. order for it not to be called deceiving the runner right if you even if you're moving a ton as long as you're doing it every single delivery then you're not really deceiving the runner because you're the runner will pick up on it and figure out when you're going home as opposed to when you're firing to first but they can't repeat it the same way every time so even if you're a mover and a shaker like clevenger and you alter it just a smidge that should be considered a balk yeah i don't know I don't know, man. It's a lot of a lot of this stuff is like if you just have seen a lot of baseball or played a lot of baseball, you understand how these things are called. And and there are times where I feel like umpires do pick and choose whether they want to, you know, be calling these box all the time or they're just gonna let everyone play. It's 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 the same thing with like a, the left-handed pickoff. Like sometimes yeah. you're gonna go through an entire season and your move might not get called once, but then you might matched up with the wrong crew and all of a sudden you're left and you pick over and it's balk three different times and it's just that's the nature of the balk calls like you said it's very hard to find it's not just straightforward it is you know it talks about you know what your intention with the runner is and it's that's the game of baseball man there's there's a lot of things that aren't cut and dry in the game of baseball we just talked about the freaking blocking the plate thing too i'm sick yeah. of talking about rules see rosie i hate okay rules. well then let's move let's move on to this Tougher series for a team that is dying to make the playoffs in 2023. The Mets dropping two or three in Philly, including a blow up on Sunday, or the Angels outscoring the Rockies by 20 runs, but still losing the set in Colorado. Tough to lose a set in Colorado. That one's difficult, um, but they did get Moose to just walk over. I thought that was cool. I talked to him uh, two nights ago. <laughs> um, it's definitely the Mets, the Mets series. You had that game one on Sunday night. Uh, you have your bullpen coming in, and then all of a sudden it is gone. And really, by no way or nothing that the Phillies necessarily did walks and hit batters. And you have David Robertson out there that probably should have came in the game. Buck doesn't bring him in, and all of a sudden you find yourself losing that game. I know Mets fans all over my Twitter feed were 
going crazy, you know, calling for Buck's head and, and and all those different things. So, I mean, the way the Met season has gone so far, and I can tell you're going to talk about it because of the hat. It's been uh, it's been disappointing to say the least. And then when you have the series in your hands, in your grasp, and you lose it, it's just it feels like it's going to happen a lot for the Mets, and it has happened a lot for the Mets this year. Stuff just like this. I don't, this is the reason I'm wearing a Mets hat today. I'm trying to support my Mets friends, Jolly, looking at you, looking at my buddy Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. Like, are you guys okay? Because I was, I watched that whole eighth inning. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, the fact that Adovino wasn't in, and then once they loaded the bases, the fact that Robertson didn't come in was beyond me. Robertson had pitched once in the last six days, twice in the last 10. They used, Carrasco once again gave him no length whatsoever. This is a real problem for them. Well, they pulled time. him after 78 pitches. So like now all of a sudden you have to navigate a long time. I know he's gotten into some trouble, but you have to navigate that much. You have to navigate five innings with your bullpen. And they pitched. Difficult. I think I heard the Mets guys say, uh, announcers say that they, the five relievers they used after Carrasco, not one of them broke camp with the team. Not one. Tough. And so you got out of Vino, who's barely pitched the last week. Robertson, that's barely pitched. And Buck was asked about it afterward. Would you, if you had a chance to redo that eighth inning, would you do anything different, or was that like how? What else could we do? That was kind of where we were. I was hoping we were trying to just like last night. We're trying to stretch every out we can with every everybody we got, and they're capable of doing the job. They just didn't do it today. Okay, you know Stevie Cohen has said, "I'm not a guy that does drastic things here. Everybody's safe." Jolly tweeted out that a year ago. Joe Girardi got shit canned when his team was seven games under, which is where the Mets are right now. Do you think there's any way that Buck's in trouble during the season? I don't know. I mean, every ownership Ooh. is different. Every front office is different. Jolly needs to go back on that beach and sip beers. Stop watching the Mets play, bro. Take some time <laughs> off. Uh, I'm not a big fan of firing managers during the middle of the season. I'm just not. I don't know. I guess it's... It, if you want to send a message and send shockwaves through the organization, sure, fire your manager because it will do that. It'll provide a spark one way or the other. It could go great. The Phillies, we saw it went great when they did it. Uh, it I've seen it go the other way as well. So it's um, – I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Okay. You don't think he does. Do you think he should? I don't know. You know that I don't think like it's the manager's fault it's rarely the manager's fault of what happens on the field. Now, not bringing David Robertson in there, obviously that's his call. He didn't have Ottavino available apparently because he pitched 26 pitches on Saturday, so he was down. I don't know. It's the one thing that can affect is bullpen usage and where to bring guys in, what lanes to do it. That's in, you know, you do that with your pitching coach. Like you have these game plans. And right. even that, I don't. It was a bad decision not to bring Robertson in in hindsight, uh, but I like I don't think he I don't know. I don't think it's on Buck, to be honest with you. Like the season's not on Buck. I guess I, I have a hard time with this. I, I don't know where to go because I'm usually not a guy that wants to get rid of it. But boy, you see what happened with Philadelphia last year, right? Rob Thompson comes in and even after Harper went down, they exploded. And couldn't you see this team getting hot? and at least making the playoffs right. I mean, right now they're eight and a half out of the wild card. They're eight and a half. 
Like they they feel more like sellers than anything else. Let me give you some statistics on his team right now. Uh, 18th in OPS, 16th in runs. That's just, I mean, that's middle of the pack or worse in both of those statistics. Our starters are 25th in whip, 30th in walks per nine. They're not doing anything for him. The bullpen's been okay. They're eighth in whip. So you have a, I mean, like, Buck's not on the field playing. Like, sooner or later, like, you have, like, players, like, I know, like you have to take you have to take responsibility. If the season's not going the way you want it to go, like, and if you have a squad that you think can compete, like there are teams that we know aren't going to compete, and then like that's really not on the players. That's on the front office, not putting together a good enough team. I, I think right now you have to look at the players, man. Okay. Yeah, I think you got to let Buck try and ride this one out. It, I, I know it doesn't feel good for the Mets fans out there who just want to get rid of him and can't believe it and. Man, that was a rough eighth inning. Frickin' the Phillies scored four runs on one hit. Walk, walk, air, that walk, walk, so walk, bad. hit Batsman, oh. hit Batsman. <laughs> that was a brutal watch. You know what you need, and everybody needs? Bird dogs, because they'll make you look great this summer. They're stretch khaki shorts. They're designed for a, to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts, they fit way, way better than regular shorts out there. They do the job. You know, they've got those old shorts, have their restrictive cotton. Those things stink. They don't feel good. They don't look good on you. And so Bird Dog has fixed this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog also uses the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. It keeps you cool and dry all day long. Hey, listen, we're in the month of June. Depending on where you live, you can get humid, and I don't know what you're like, your body temperature, but for me, south of the equator, that could be rough. So Bird Dog is going to help you out. So I want you to do this. Go on over to birddogs.com slash today for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. So not only are they going to make you look great, they're going to cool you down with a Yeti-style tumbler. You're going to walk around, everybody's going to be like, dude, where'd you get that thing? Just go on over to birddogs.com slash today. You get the Yeti-style tumbler. And you look great in the shorts. You'll be feeling great as well. Thanks to Bird Dogs. Uh, finally, before we get out of here on the YouTube and the podcast side of things, it was Randy Rosarena Day, uh, where the Rays actually did the broadcast from uh, Randy Land out there on Friday. And he came out with, like, a whole bucket of balls stuffed in his jersey. I mean, he has become – I just want to kind of give him a shout-out because I think he has become one of the most favorite players out there. Is he not? Of, of course he's he's awesome i was uh yesterday at a barbecue a couple of my friends there of mexican descent we started talking about randy rosarain and the wbc and like how uh. much like they loved watching him we talked about the story of him calling the president saying i want to i want to play on this team like mm. can we do this and so he's like he's becoming i don't know like he's a he's like a darling man like everything he does is fun and exciting and people love him and he works hard and plays the game hard. I don't know. It's it's. I love watching him play. Like the things that he can do on a baseball field surprises me a lot. He doesn't look like he should be able to do all these things, but he can. And you know, I love me some Cuban ball players, even though I believe he's officially Mexican now. I think he is. Right? I think he. Yeah, I think yeah. he became uh, an official Mexican citizen. Um, and it meant so much to him. They've told that story uh, countless times during the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, really cool to see. Um, and it's nice. I know. 
There aren't a ton of people that show up to those games down there, but that little area of the field has become kind of a fun, fun place. And I was happy they did the broadcast. Although I will tell you this, don't freaking wear ties and shirts when you're out there doing a broadcast. Clean it up. I don't know who their boss is, but wear shirts. It's corporate, bro. It's corporate. You know that. Stop. Stop. Let's not do that. Those two guys are are good dudes too. Not throw a. Let's make sure they're wearing collared shirts and ties, guys. That's exactly what happens. Land? That's exactly what happens. Ridiculous. Um. All right. Speaking of uh, Tampa Bay, Tyler Glass now latest co-host of the Chris Rose Rotation as we were lounging in San Diego together. Recently. Yeah. Weird. What happened we there? You guys were the... like getting real comfortable. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. We discussed if we should just share a king bed. I got no problem with that. I've shared king yeah. beds with my friends before. Yeah, it would have been would have been just fine. Uh, it, it was taped before the Wander Franco stuff dropped, so obviously I couldn't get his opinion on that. But the rest of it is typical Tyler Glass now, and he is excellent as always. Uh, don't forget, latest edition of Baby Ball Players is out as well with the Boston Red Sox. Give that a look; it's a fun one. And um, Ball and Play League started on Sunday. That was really cool. That is back. Darren Sammy is in the booth with me this time. Next one will be tomorrow at 6 o'clock Eastern, so make sure you join the stream. First stream had more than 2,000 people in it, so we want you to be a part of the party. If you don't know the rules, it's okay. We explain them at the beginning of every game. You can follow along. There will be those of us that are uh, answer questions in the chat as well. So there you go. Floofy, I always appreciate you, brother. You know that. Thank you. I appreciate you. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented and entertaining Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.